Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. Hello, spiritual boss babes. I'm so excited for today's episode with my friend and soul sister, Stephanie Cherma. Stephanie is the owner and founder of The Good Love Company, and she's a relationship expert and coach who infuses neuroscience and spirituality to help you attract and nourish good love, starting with yourself. So in today's episode, we talk about a lot of stuff, everything from finding your soulmate to changing your patterns, overcoming pain from dating disasters in the past to building onto the current relationship you're in if you already are in a relationship and so much more. It gets deep, it gets good, it's fun, and you are going to love it. So without further ado, let's welcome Stephanie onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. <laughs> I have so many things I want to ask you. You know me with a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> we, we have chatted, yes. <laughs> I would love to like hear your backstory about like your dating disasters and what got you into becoming uh, like a relationship coach and a relationship expert. Awesome. Yeah. And I love, I love talking about this because it's a really great reminder of the power of transformation. I always sort of considered myself kind of like an ugly duckling. I was a bit of a, a geek. I spent a lot of time in school at the library. I didn't really date in high school. And then once I hit college and, and started really like figuring out like, wow, there are like guys out there. <laughs> I started to really get to a place where because I hadn't really learned a lot about myself or had a lot of experience, I sort of went into my 20s dating for sport or trying to see if I could get someone to like me, a lot of bending over backwards to be you know, approved or validated, and I didn't know that I was doing that. And a lot of the times, I mean, we don't really know how we behave until we come out on the other side, but I had spent my 20s just going from one heartbreak to another, one um, emotionally unavailable guy to another, just back-to-back hurt. And I, I really couldn't understand why this was happening. It really didn't make any sense to me. So through my own sort of personal crisis of getting to my late 20s and feeling like, is it ever going to be different? Like, am I ever going to get out of this disaster, seeing all my friends getting engaged and wondering what was wrong with me? It wasn't until I hit that point, a good 10 years of struggle, that I came to a crisis point 
And I, I remember I asked the universe, I, I said, let's have a conversation. We need to get together. And so I remember it was in January of 2015. And I just had this, this open conversation. I must have looked crazy to my neighbors, but I was talking to no one. And I remember just saying, like, I will do anything. I'm willing to be shown the way. I, I'm willing to to understand. And I think a lot of the times we sort of miss that key part and we just think that eventually someone will come along and just sort of clean you up, but it's really an internal game. So through that sort of surrender and release, I, I felt an immediate shift. I sort of had this understanding. And anyone who's gone through a spiritual awakening will understand what I mean by this, but you almost sort of feel like you're being covered in a blanket by the universe. Like, you know, like it's okay. Like it's, it's good. It gets on the way. And so I was divinely guided to quit a job. I got a new one. It was just a temporary gig um, because at that time in my personal life, I was just so all over the place. My life was very unmanageable. So I ended up getting this temp gig one month at this warehouse. <laughs> And I was just like, I'm just willing to be led. It sounded crazy. And I was like, I'm just going to say yes to this. And I was assigned this really boring job. Very, very boring job. But the person that I was assigned this job with, is I'm now engaged to. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. So, and that was about 57 days after my my surrender. So it happened very quickly for me. And so that was the very beginning of 2015. And then I started realizing like, oh my God, like if I could get through the other side and have a decade plus of, of information and experience and understanding, then I'm, I, I have to share this with people. And so the Good Love Company was sort of born out of that because I was like, I'm on to something. I know how I did it. I know what works. And I've been a spiritualist since I was a child. And it was really neat to see what playing with universal energy plus inner personal transformation work can do. And I absolutely love it. So in a nutshell, that is how it came to be. Wow. Wow. That is a long time to have to deal with freaking. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. <laughs> wow. And it changed that quickly? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's inspiring. Thank you. It's so, possible. Oh, I believe anything's possible for sure. So like when you made that decision and you had that conversation, you just literally felt different? Yeah, I remember. So for me, we'll, we'll get a little woo here. I'm very clairaudient. So I've always been since a child. I tend to hear things. I'm very sensitive to sound. I get ringing in my ear all the time. And I sort of get these, these messages. And so I, when I listen to them, it usually serves me well. And so for manifesting or sort of playing with universal energy, if you know what, you're, what a clairaudient if you, if you are that, then music can be really helpful. So I put on a song. It's called Ready for Love by India Ari. 
you should listen to it. You will feel mm. a vibrational shift. It still, if I hear it, I will sob uncontrollably, like Oprah cry. Mm. I had that song on loop. So I just went on YouTube and I, I looped it so that I could hear, get into the hearing vibration because that's what works for me. And then I felt a physical energy surge. And then I remember just talking and, and I started doing some automatic writing. I sat down with a pen and paper and I literally said, okay, universe, let's talk. I'm willing to be shown the way. And then I just started writing down what I was, what I was hearing, what I was receiving. It's a really beautiful ritual because it had come from a place of such desperation. Like there, there was no other option for me. I truly, truly thought that I was, maybe I wasn't good enough or maybe it wasn't going to happen for me or I would just be the, the cool, fun, single aunt forever. But that just didn't feel right. And I had so much love to give. So I just decided to declare it and, and get it down on paper. And, and once I sort of did, years of shadow work came out. I sort of got the next design. I was sort of led to do something else. I was guided to pick up a book on this. There were all these little sort of hints and signals that I was open to because that's the secret, the real secret yeah. is you have to be open to it. So, so many of us, and especially in our industry, we see people say, I'm just going to buy a book or I'm going to listen to a bunch of stuff or I'm going to like binge watch Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful. But we sort of get this momentary, I'm okay. Like it's almost like, Ooh, I'm good now. Like I, I did a little bit. I have an okay feeling. And then we don't push it that, that next step. Mm -hmm. So we feel okay. And then we kind of sink back. So this required me to say, I'm not just going to, you know, read a book because I'm great at reading. I love reading. So reading a book for me is just going to make me feel more comfortable. I'll, I'll feel good momentarily, but it's not going to stretch me because it's what I'm already good at. <laughs> right? yeah. So in order to really sort of push, we have to step and do things that are out of our comfort zone. So for me, that was getting out of the bar scene. That was going into an environment that I had never been in before. That was being willing to listen and do even if it made no sense. I had to get to that place. And that's why I believe it happened so quickly. Wow. You make a really good point. Like when you're open to stuff, anything that that's when, mm -hmm. like when you're just open in general, that's when you'll get those signs and nudges and whatever, those synchronistic things. Yeah. Because we can get so attached to, you know, I want this, I want this, I need mm -hmm. this, my vision board. I how do I feel? All the sort of, you know, level one stuff, which is phenomenal. And it's a great start for most people. But we can spend so much time in the, you know, getting into alignment phase, that feeling good phase and sort of stay there because if we actually got what we wanted, we have no idea how that looks. It is actually, we're terrified of it. We're terrified of actually getting what we want. So we sort of crawl back and, and, and go back on Pinterest and go back on YouTube and sort of stay in that like fuzzy bubble 
of, you know, the level one manifesting, as I like to call it, mm -hmm. instead of saying, okay, so what's the next step? So if I, if slash when I receive this, what is that going to feel like? Not just why do I want it? What's my mm -hmm. life going to be like? How do I act? What do I have to do? Who do I have to become? And mm -hmm. am I willing to actually do that? And that's sort of the bridge. So if you're experiencing a delay, that's usually why, because you're dancing between, I really, really, really want it, but I won't allow myself to have it. Or staying in that wanting phase and instead of already feeling as if you have it too, like embodying the version yeah. of yourself who, who already has yeah. it. Yeah. And finding instead of just seeking. A lot of us are just seekers, but when it's like, okay, well, the answer's over here. Oh, but I like, I like this sort of acting as if it feels really good. But we have to continue to walk through that and move through that. And most of the time when people are in resistance, it's because we don't know how it's going to look like, when it's going to come, the form and shape. And we are so afraid that if we actually get what we want, what if it goes away? What if it's not what we actually want? A lot of it's just our own identity. But this is my jam, though. So you know I could talk about this all day long. <laughs> well, that's why I have you on here. <laughs> so when you say identity, you mean like how the person views themselves? Yeah. So, for example, I have a lot of women that, that want to, they'll send me a message. Here's what's going on. Here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what I really want. And then I'll ask them, are you ready and willing to do whatever it takes? And sometimes I'll get, yeah, but like maybe in a month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I mean, well, like mm, there's always some sort of resistance. We get attached to the idea of I really want this. I really want this thing. But the identity part, the who you are, what do you believe in? What's your programming? Are you currently in your physical body, able and willing to receive it. Mm. Because if you're not, then that's sort of what keeps people in the wanting or seeking phase. So you need to get to a place where you can say, oh my God, I can receive. In my personal journey with business and in romantic love, receiving and allowing has been the hardest part. Mm. 100% because we can get so attached to the yearning mm -hmm. and the story and the victim mm -hmm. and the woe is me and so if we were like okay well if I told you that the man of your dreams was knocking at the door are you ready or are you freaked out that's the truth so once we sort of figure out what you're actually operating from then we know the areas in which you need to finesse so that you can receive what's waiting for you Wow. And so you say that that's the hardest part. Like, what do you have like any tips for like how to be more open and receiving? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the, the best receiving sort of tip that I give and that I practice is to notice when I'm in resistance to receiving things. Mm. So it can be as simple as when someone says, oh my God, you look beautiful today. Is your first instinct to be like, thank you? Or is it to be like, well, this shirt was only 20 bucks and mm -hmm. I haven't washed my hair yet. 
Because whenever we sort of do that, we, we push back. Mm-hmm, like deflect it. We deflect it. And so the universe is just matching what you believe. So if, if you, at a, at a deep level, can't receive a compliment, how are you going to receive $10,000 or a husband? <laughs> right? Yeah. So you need to get to a place where you can break down, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of being seen? Am I afraid of getting hurt? Because all of these things are very one-dimensional. They're kind of just a blanket. Mm-hmm. When we're afraid of, of failure, we're really just afraid of losing success. There's always a route to things. So if we can understand, okay, I'm in resistance to receiving what I want. What's that about? And then just start breaking down where that comes from. When you were a child, were you told, oh, we can't do this today, you know, not today, or that's too expensive, or we don't do that. Go through your programming as a child. Go through how your parents talk to you. Start journaling on jealousy. Start journaling on your own worth and, and what you believe you can have. Once you figure out, okay, it's, it's a worth thing, I, I really don't think. We sort of toss around self-worth, self-love so often because it's kind of like a catchphrase now in our industry at least. But it's about saying if someone were to give you a present right now, so if someone were to say, here's a gift, I wrapped it up with a bow, would you be able to receive it? And then start playing that with yourself and see where that disconnect is. And then, I mean, it's easier to work with a coach through it, but It's just about getting honest with yourself. Think back to the last week. Did you toss a compliment away? Did you resist doing something that would have brightened someone's day? Like if someone looks amazing in a a grocery store, do you go up to them and say, oh my God, your hair looks amazing? What are you doing to give the love that you want back? When you resist it, it's because you're not able to really receive it. So that's what I would do. I would check in and see how are you behaving in your giving and taking with the people close to you, strangers on the street. We're all one consciousness anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would start for sure. That's a good point. That's a, I like that. Like just being intentional in the things that you do every day too. Absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say for like, if people, if, cause you, from your story you shared, I mean, yeah, you had 10 years of shit, <laughs> but yeah. when you decided to change, it changed, things changed quickly. Was there like a lot of mindset work you were doing in the meantime? Like for, you know, people who have, we all have shit, like, <laughs> you know, like, um, like deep rooted limiting beliefs or deep rooted patterns that maybe journaling might kind of only touch the surface to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, my story is, for time's sake, I gave you the short and sweet version. But while I was on that sort of dating roller coaster, I was working, I was a practicing astrologer, I was a Reiki practitioner. So I had always been into sort of holistic healing and and helping others. And I had be, I, I had become very aware of universal energy since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I like to joke that I've been woo since the womb. (laughs) And that was sort of why I had such an issue. That's why I was like, why is my life so crazy? Because I mean, the secret came out when I was 14. So 
I had known a little bit about, you know, universal energy and the law of attraction. And I remember picking up Marianne Williamson books and Jack Canfield books. Those are the OG leaders from like 20 years ago. But I also had a raging drinking problem. I had a major issue with my father. I was going through inner turmoil. I hated my body. So you can, on the surface, be like, I'm doing all the things. I'm, I'm all about it. But mm. then your behavior, and this is why with my coaching, I mix the two. Your behavior sort of sets the tone. So I could read all about the law of attraction and you know say that I'm going to call in XYZ, but if my behavior says I treat myself like garbage and I allow people to walk all over me, then that's not a match. Yeah. Right. So so as we sort of go on this journey, the the biggest learning for me and and the the holy, I don't know if like Ah, moment was understanding that I had verbalized with my words, I want an amazing partner. But my action said, I don't care about myself. Mm. So that was the disconnect. And so it took me, that's why I recommend working with, with mentors who've been there so you don't have to take a decade. It took me that long to figure out that's what I was doing. So once I was like, oh my God, that's why it happened so quickly. Mm. So, and through my journey, I mean, obviously, like I'm in recovery. I've done a lot of deep forgiveness work, a lot of shadow work, tons and tons of shadow work. I think it's it's vital to to really do that. So, yeah, I it wasn't easy, but the thing that was screwing me up is so obvious now. But yeah, I I've been doing mindset in parallel, but it really comes down to your subconscious programming. In my in my opinion, as with anything, pretty much, <laughs> it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Like I yeah. like how you I like how you infuse neuroscience and spirituality in like the way that you coach people. Thank you. I I mean, we operate from this old part of our brain, this dusty old machine that hasn't caught up to how we're living now, right? Like, like the giant tiger isn't coming for us, but yet <laughs> the little ego part in our brain goes, oh my God, something new? Danger, danger. We don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know what that's going to feel like. Abort mission. Get the hell out of there. That's mm -hmm. what it's like. That's its job right? So that's kind of the bitch. So in order to kind of clear and transmute that, we need to get into a place where we can understand how to unpack our fears and unpack the programming that it's like when you wake up in the morning and you, you wash your face and you brush your teeth and you make your coffee, whatever, you have your routine and that's, you don't, we don't wake up and say, I'm going to brush my teeth right now. I am going to go make breakfast. I am like, you just do it. It's just part of what you do. So if you're, if you're experiencing in your waking life feedback or your reality doesn't match what you actually want, then there's some part of your programming that's still running the show. And it's kind of your job to get down and dirty and figure out what that is. And then once you know, oh my God, that's why I'm doing that. Holy shit. Once you mm -hmm. figure that out, then you can start playing with your vibration and frequency because you will start to call in things that will, that will match 
the identity, the behavior that you were stepping into, as mm -hmm. opposed to continuing to attract the same crap that you are so over in the first place, you know? Totally. I think it's so fascinating. Like I love hearing other like different people explain things like this because I feel like <laughs> even though like I know I, I personally know a lot about this stuff, it's just I, I learn like something new or I have like a new way of looking at things from each person. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm like such a nerd with it. I well it's and that's amazing. And it's like we've we attracted each other a year ago. Mm -hmm. There's always something. It's like, wow, okay, like I didn't I can't figure it's that been out. That long. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm a huge nerd. I love this stuff. I rock out all the time to it because <laughs> self mastery is the goal. Mm -hmm. How, why? Why wouldn't you want to perform and operate and feel blissful as often as possible? Right. Exactly. When it comes to like changing your frequency and shifting your frequency, would you say, well, would this all go in line with that? Or are there some tangible things that you can share when it comes to frequency and like, yeah, definitely. So I think one of my favorite ways to shift into feel good state. I'm a huge fan of emotional freedom technique or tapping. I yeah. find that that for me personally is just next level. I remember going to a Gabby Bernstein workshop and she, we did a tapping as a group and I wanted to vomit. I was throwing up. I was like, Oh, there's some solar plexus stuff going on. It was very powerful, but I was also in some serious shadow work. So it kind of just solidified it. But for me, what I really, really love is I love to get into the feeling because it's not the thinking, right? You know this, it's the feeling. Mm -hmm. So in a perfect world, on a perfect day, in a perfect time, what does my life look like? And what is it? What am I doing? How do I how do I talk? What am I wearing? What am I driving? What am I listening to? And sort of getting into a place when you can physically feel what that feels like. And depending on sort of your level of getting into a, a meditative state, like for myself, I'm really big on meditative states and hypnosis states and playing with like Mother Earth guidance. So I can sort of tap in relatively quickly. So if I'm feeling off or wonky, what I will tend to do is I will say, what is this disturbance trying to show me? What's actually happening right now? So is it, am I hungry? Am I anxious? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Is my kid driving me crazy? Have I not had sex with my fiance in a week and I'm itching? What's going on? What's the actual thing? And then so I sort of break it down. Okay, well, can this be fixed? Yes. Can my attitude change in this instant? Yes. I kind of go through my own sort of checklist till I get to a place where the thing that was bothering me sort of just evaporates. And it's a bit of a practice. Like I, I won't lie to you. <laughs> that was my next question. Like, so when you're going through that process, does it, cause I <laughs> tend to sometimes be the type of person where I like what I want to know why I'm feeling like that. That's the logical mind. That's the ego. The ego loves a job, right? So you don't need to know why you're feeling no. a certain way. You just need to know that you're feeling it and that, and if you can change it, know how to change it. 
if you want to know, like I love, I'm, I'm an information person. So there's nothing wrong with, with doing sort of a, you know, breakdown of like the logistics like that you, you can, but we don't need to add more energy mm-hmm. to the, the discomfort. Right. So it's more about saying, I'm feeling a disturbance right now. Something's kind of wonky. What is it? You don't need to go into why, because once you identify what it is, you, you know, like, okay, I'm, I, I don't feel like I'm being appreciated or a client overstep her boundaries or something. And then you're like, okay, done. And now we're going to go back into feeling good. So amazing. I have brand new boundaries now. I cannot wait to share my new boundaries. This feels so good. I am someone who is worthy of having these boundaries. Oh my God, I feel so good. Thank mm-hmm. God that happened. And then you're, then you feel it like your, your heart chakra opens, your body feels different. Anytime that you have a disturbance, you can flip that. What is it showing me? How can I move this into something beneficial? And then you just feel good. You get back into feeling good. I very rarely stay in human egoic bases for too long because I can choose. I don't need to go into a whole long winded explanation because my body knows because it feels uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. gross. So I identify what's actually happening. Sometimes I just need to drink some water, eat something and take 20 minutes. And then when you, when you sort of honor what you need to do, you get little self-esteem hits and little like, Ooh, it felt good to honor myself. Oh my God. (laughs) And then that sort of domino effects. Totally true. I love how you explained that. And, and I, I know exactly what you mean. Those little self-esteem hits like of just being on point with yourself. Yes. It's, and you know what, it's, it's crazy to think how we, we just don't do it because when you notice the contrast of doing good for yourself, you can look back and be like, wow, so often we say yes to everybody else. We bend over backwards for everybody else. And then we complain that our cup is empty, right? So I love little moments where it's like, ooh, I feel good. I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. So do you believe this, the, the statement, you can't love someone until you love yourself or something like that? Is that how it goes? <laughs> um, you know what's interesting? I really think that the human heart and the human body is designed to merge and share and, and be open and in full expression, there is an unconditional mutual beneficial rapport. So I do think that at some level, your capacity to love has to sort of be there. I think that what can end up happening and why this statement can be very tricky is that sometimes people with large hearts and a huge capacity for love are sometimes in a dark place, a Mm -hmm. bad space that you see this in people who, um, as, as someone in recovery myself, I see this a lot with people who are coming out of addiction. When you're in addiction, you do not have the capacity to love somebody Mm. because you're not yourself, right? There's a spiritual bankruptcy going on. So when you can shift out of it and work on your healing, that channel opens up and you're now in a space to give and receive. So I think that it really is more about where is the person in their life? You also see this in people that have extreme trauma. 
um, a lot of people that are dealing with severe, severe mental illness, they're not in that space where they're able to kind of do that romantic dance just yet. And that's okay. I don't think unless you're, well, I mean, I need to be, I need to be mindful of how I say this, but I think everyone has the ability to love boldly. We just can either be at the wrong place at the wrong time, or we can be in a space where we are not allowing ourselves to give or receive that, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. No, it does. I, and I asked that question because I always hear like mixed things about it. And I personally like the whole, you can't find love or you can't find love until you love yourself. It never really resonated with me personally. Cause mm -hmm. I just, well, you, like you, you can always love someone, but yeah, like when you do the healing work on yourself and all of that, you open your heart up a lot more to the good love. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's it. I was just going to say, like you've seen people in dysfunctional relationships all the time. There are people that love chaotic relationships. They love them. They may debate that, but their actions and who they are drawn to support it. So I believe that the whole point of us being in this time consciousness is to get the planet back together, get everyone back to where we're supposed to be, back to universal love, back to unity. That's what I believe the point is. And we do this by infusing love in every scenario that we possibly can to teach people that they too can do it back. And once everyone's in this space of honoring themselves and, and, it's, it's such a beautiful realization, like you are worthy of having this, then the world shifts. So I think that people just get there at their own time. I will say the level of your relationship will, will be dramatically different the more self-esteem you have, mm. like for sure. <laughs> and you'll, because you won't let anyone freaking walk all over you either. Yeah. You and have the boundaries, you, of course. And that only comes from realizing like, oh my God, I don't have to be in this type of relationship. Mm -hmm. And that only comes from realizing who you actually are. Yeah. So it's some serious stuff. So do you, <laughs> do you mainly work with people who like are in the, the phase of finding love do you, or both? I work with, it's so funny because I have worked with men and women. I've worked with all sexualities, all colors, all creeds. I tend to attract the person who is starting to notice that there is some sort of self-sabotage. So whether you are nurturing a relationship and there's some patterns of like, mm, something's not right, or you're preparing for a relationship, I work with people who are ready to understand why they attract what they attract, why they're in the situation they're in, and how to reprogram and move through it so that they can either attract a better relationship or nourish their current one at a whole mm. new level. Wow. Yeah, because when, when you're in a relationship too, that's like a whole new ball game. <laughs> yeah, everyone wants one. And then when they get them, they're like, holy shit, I have to live with you? There's two people here? Yeah, but it takes two, though. Like, I feel like both need to be doing the work, you know? 
I can tell you with certainty that if, if my fiance wasn't as committed to his own personal growth, we may, we may have had an issue because vibrationally speaking, you, you attract who you are. So in the beginning of my relationship, we were both scrambling. I mean, we met, we fell in love. It was, you know, but we were both in really different places and through our journey together through our soul contract time i've raised my vibration and my fiance had two options it was meet me or shrink me mm. and i won't allow myself to to shrink it's just not an option so he raised his vibration he has a he has a spiritual life coach like he's trying to talk to me about Eckhart Tolle like I don't know who that guy is <laughs> it's adorable <laughs> but it's great because then there's a new wave mm -hmm. you you really need to be a, a match and you change you're different people grow people move people the person you are today is not the same person you were a year ago so in order to to maintain a healthy connected high frequency parent you have to grow together you have to share that vision totally. and keep walking with each other i totally I, I i totally agree i mean i've been in relationships before where um, the other person wasn't as dedicated as I am. And I'm freaking f dedicated as shit. Like when it comes to personal growth <laughs> and it's like they either, you either grow together or you grow apart. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's, and that's a straight T. I mean, it doesn't, because I get asked a lot, like, what do you do if your partner isn't supportive of your business? I get that asked all the time. Yeah. And it really comes down to the fact that, you know, my, like my partner is, my number one fan. He is the biggest supporter. He may not get it. Like he gets a good chunk. He gets more than most. Mm -hmm. But if I were to talk to him about like, you know, I'm going to do some timeline therapy on this client and we're going to go into this. He's like, Oh, that's awesome. Like wicked babe, like rock it out. <laughs> he may not understand, but your partner should be curious. They should be inspired. They should be in awe. And I think that's what you need to, to look at. I just sort of asked and answered this question, but I get it a lot. It's, it's my partner is open, curious, inspired. And, and that with that energy, once the door opens, it's just like, hello. Cause they get like, Oh my God, I can, I can feel better. I can decide my life. This is great. Why didn't anyone teach me that? <laughs> Totally. It's so important. I mean, I don't think anything is more important than personal growth. Yeah, I, I agree too. And I, I think that like, you know, if you want to have that relationship where you're, you know, 60 years old, sitting on the porch, having coffee, laughing, you better have a shared vision. That was like, a, that's a good thing that you bring up. The sh like, what if you know, they, they don't have like the same, like a, a partnership doesn't have like the same exact really vision that they well, you thought they did. You need to define what that looks like for you. So for me, um, the shared vision that we have is, um, along the lines of, we know where we want to live. Mm -hmm. We know how we want to live. 
we know the focus for my company and, and the, the growth in the next year, two years, five years. We know what my fiance's dreams and aspirations are. We have a general idea of the timeline of if and when we have the second child. Mm. We, we're on the path. It doesn't have to be like you do. <laughs> It doesn't have to be like we're both into the same things. That's not what I'm – it's like Jordan and I, like we don't like the same music. Our hobbies are different, but we like each other. So because we like each other and we we share the same value in terms of like what we view as financial freedom, what foods we like to eat, how we like to parent, those are succinct. So it's not about like – personality per se I mean you have to get along but like it's not like you know you have to be doing the same stuff but there should be a clear indication so you're not with someone for a year and then he says you know what I want to move to Los Angeles that's like pretty much what happened to me yeah well we were together for a year and we thought we had the same vision but it turned out it wasn't the same and I just (laughs) It's, it's tricky. It's tricky when that happens because how are you going to, how are you going to merge together? How are you going to dissolve conflict? There has to be this, this pact, right? Like we, we go together or or not. At least Mm -hmm. that's been my experience. And, and that's what I, I've seen to be successful. total Total sense. That's like important life stuff. It's basically like if someone said, you know, if someone was really set on like wanting children and the other person didn't, you know. Oh gosh, yeah. You to people. And you need to think about it. So, and you know what? One thing I see all the time is the idea that, you know, I'm going to just walk down the aisle and he's going to change his mind one day or he's gonna see his buddy with a baby and he'll he'll change his mind and it's Mm. very dangerous very dangerous (laughs) to sort of go there you need to have these conversations and not just hey do you want to have kids but hey what what type of parenting style do you like how do you how do you envision it is I mean honestly like it there are things that you you don't know until you know and the insane circus that is parenthood is one of those things right you'll never be prepared throw the books out you'll never know you don't even know what you're going to get until you get it and so for me i remember we talked at length about the the role of children and and how we need to nourish them we have very different stances on temper tantrums we have very different stances on food you know our child is pretty much a vegetarian we believe in like no sugar or no dyes all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and it's important to talk about because again this goes along with how do you want to live how do you want to feel what are your days looking like and it, can, it should be, at least in my opinion, that specific because when you're on the same team, life is just a lot easier. <laughs> no? It sounds it for sure. Well, man, we covered a lot of stuff. I can't believe it's already been like a <laughs> while. So I want to like kind of start to wrap it up. What are like three good tips for 
for really harnessing that good love, whether it be you're already in a relationship or you're attracting your partner right now? Like what are some, like your best relationship tips? Okay, cool. No problem. For those in preparation of good love, I don't like the word single. I find there's such a heavy connotation because you're never single. You're always in a relationship. Just there's someone coming in. So if you're preparing for a relationship, what I would really encourage is to examine your views on the opposite sex. So let's just, for this conversation, this dialogue, let's talk heterosexual woman and man. So if I'm a woman and I'm preparing for love, I need to examine what I actually feel about men. Because if you're going around saying, he's a cheater, he's a liar, they're douchebags, they're assholes, they're this, they're that you're not like you're either only going to call in those people because the universe goes okay cool she must love it like here you go um or you will be in a state of bitter betty no one wants that men are wonderful men are waking up there is a consciousness rising in traditional masculinity and the best way to encourage that is to respect men and to stop getting angry at them because mm-hmm. someone hurt you a couple of years ago. Um, we really, really need to change the dialogue about men versus women. And again, speaking strictly in this context, that's the first thing I would do. Because if you can unpack your beliefs around the, what you're trying to call in, you will get so much clarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much. You, I've totally that been that there, is my number that. one tip. <laughs> I've, I've totally been yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, guys are assholes. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it, they're, they're, they're wonder, men are absolutely positively wonderful. They are, mm-hmm. and they have, they are so sensitive and they have so much love to give and they are so sweet. We just unfortunately are in a transitional place where people are waking up. So we got to give people some time. <laughs> um, for the people in relationship, one of my favorite tips to do is to really sort of, what would be a really good one? I really like if you're in conflict or you're noticing that you're bickering, a really great thing to do is sort of stop and and take a moment and, and look at your partner. And, and you can do this at a quiet time. You can do it right in the middle. Driving's really great. Um, and you can just say, you know, what haven't I said to explain to you where I'm coming from? Or what haven't I done to show you what I need from you? Mm. What, when you can really take conflict and flip the dialogue to make it open-ended and essentially saying like, is there something I could explain better? Is there something that I haven't shown you? Have I, is there something I haven't told you that I need? Because relationships are 100-100. They're not 50-50. It's all of you and all of them. And in order to do that, you need to be aware of what their needs are and how to meet them and what your needs are and how to meet them. You need, you both need to be able to know intrinsically, this is how she feels valued. This is what he, he feels great with. Mm. When you know those things, conflict dissolves because you can understand where they're coming from. So that would probably be one of my best tips for people in relationship is to really stop and say, you know, is there something I haven't said that you need to hear? Is there something that I haven't done to explain to you what I need from you? Instead of attacking and and blaming and really kind of, you know, letting them know how mad you are. 
we need to stop doing that because all you're doing is you're putting out this, this negative energy and the first instinct is to throw some negative energy back. So if you were ever in my house, our dialogue is literally like, I'm noticing you're experiencing some energy right now. Can we talk about it? <laughs> like that's literally how we talk. And I mean, we're good enough now that we can break it down and it's usually hungry, angry, road rage. My, my husband, 12 hours at work in a warehouse, not living his dream life. Mm. One could carry that energy, right? So it's about having that dialogue for sure. Another tip. You wanted three. I mean, your best ones. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I'll leave, I'll leave one more thing. Okay. It's, I want everyone to know whether you're in a relationship or preparing for one, that the universe has not forgotten you. You are not broken. There is nothing wrong with you. Time is not running out. You are not the only one left. Mm. Typically, there is a few more lessons to learn. And there's some part of your awareness that you're not seeing. So it can be fixed. I promise. Like it can be, it can be once you sort of know, okay, I'm operating from this, then you can reprogram. It's super simple. So there's nothing wrong with you. The behavior, however, can be adjusted. I like that. It's those, the lessons that are the gold. Oh my God. It's amazing. Like I look back and think about my database of horror and I'm like, I can help anybody. I've been through every single thing you can possibly imagine and then some. Wow. And I'm so grateful for it because it's given me this phenomenal expertise. So yeah. that's, that's why, that's why it all happened. We talked about earlier, like why, I want to know why. Yeah. You end up finding out eventually anyway, because you're like, yeah. is that, because it's my purpose. That's what I'm here for. That's so awesome. Man, well, thank you so much for sharing so much value and, and knowledge. <laughs> I'm You're sure so welcome. It's really helpful to everyone, whether they're, you know, currently single or in a relationship. So yes. Is there anything else, else at all that you'd want to add? Um, where can people find you? Yes. So I am searchable on all social medias. You can search thegoodlovecompany.com to find my website. I am also on Instagram at goodloveco. And yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to have a chat with you. It was such a good afternoon, my dear. I know. I'm so glad we got to connect too. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. And to the listeners, thank you guys so much. I hope you all have a magical day. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day.